This is Dennis Shaw, and it's been a while since I did a podcast. I did my last one back in March of uh, 2019, and I need to get my training wheels back again, get myself restarted, figure out how to do this stuff again. So I'm going to start a little bit by uh, doing some sermons that I did there at Hilltop United Methodist Church in 2019 before I left. But it's my plan to do a little bit of sermonizing here, a little bit of conversation with friends, a little bit of commentary on my own, uh, a lot of things like that. I'm calling the the uh, title of the uh, podcast is uh, Various Thoughts from Dennis Shaw. Various Thoughts from Dennis Shaw. Recording this on the July 4th, uh, 2020 weekend, and thank you very much for listening. This particular sermon is drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary for March the 10th, 2019. Uh, It's Luke 4, verses 1 through 13. And I make the point in my little reflection that uh, every year in all of the Revised Common Lectionary readings, some version, some variant on this particular passage is read. God bless you. Thank you for being here with me, and I hope you enjoy the sermon. I'm going to read to you from Luke 4, verses 1 through 13. This particular element is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's read on the first Sunday of Lent every year. It's the reading that's there, and it's called the temptation of Jesus. It's called the temptation of Jesus. I I would invite you to, as you you listen to this, and as my style, I might make a little parenthetical remark here or there so that you know it's, I'll try to make it clear that it's Dennis, not Luke, that's talking in that particular moment. Uh, I'm on page 61 of your pew Bibles. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, and listen to what what Satan has to say, to you, I will give, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me. For it has been given over to me. And I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now this 13th verse is an indicator of Luke's view and John's view that eventually uh, Satan will return and he will be part of the passion story. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
for us to understand as we read the New Testament, there are various Old Testament units that we need to have in our brain as we're going through here, as we're reading it through. This particular one is reminiscent of Exodus. Yes, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy. He's going to be quoting Deuteronomy. But the element of Deuteronomy he's quoting has overtones, has hints, has echoes of Exodus embedded in it. I mean, for example, they're in the wilderness. They're in the wilderness. That's where does a lot of Exodus occur? In the wilderness. Uh, the, the, the number 40 is in there. Now, I admit that in, in the uh, Old Testament, they wander, in, they wander for 40 years. 40 in the Old Testament is often means a very long time, a long period of time. It's not intended to be 8 times 5 or 5 times 8 or 10 times 4 or 20 times 2. It's, it's meant to be understood as a long period of time. You think about the number of times it occurs in there. And what also happens in the Exodus experience? They, they are delivered, God provides, God provides them manna and nutrition. Matter of fact, the, the quote that Jesus offers to the second, the second observation by, by Hasatan, the accuser, the devil, Satan, that he offers there to them is this quote from Deuteronomy about man does not live by bread alone, okay? Uh, and then and the, the second part of that is, and by the word of God, and by the word of God. So it's, this, it's important for us to, as we hear this, uh, hear this passage, we, we get this echo in our mind of the Exodus story. Now, we could, we could hear this, and Jesus is indeed quoting scripture uh, back to, to Hasatan, the accuser, the devil, Satan. He's, he's indeed quoting that scripture back. Uh, and he's quoting Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6. He's given that back. But everything that Jesus is quoting back has to do, I believe, with the overall element of trust. Trust God. Trust God uh, for, for delivery and trust God's word that it'll help us out, it'll, it'll deliver us from these experiences in the wilderness. That's, that's the element that, that I, I think we should take there on this first Sunday of Lent. On this first Sunday of Lent, the invitation is for us to recognize that we are called to see how Jesus is revealed to us in this experience. And how is he revealed? How does he go about responding to this? His answer is consistently trust in God. I'm going to give you guys the abbreviated version if you want the longer version, I'll post it on the internet under my blog uh, because we, we do have 200 of you to serve communion to. And I, I know there are some people out here who want to beat the Baptist to the buffet. I just know that. So I, I want to offer you uh, some thoughts as it relates, a thought or two, as it relates to trust. And there was an ethicist named um, John Cavanaugh. John Cavanaugh, who uh, is, I'm not, a, I'm not an ethicist and I don't haven't read anything by Kavanaugh, but Kavanaugh dedicated 90 days of his life, three months of his life, to go and work with uh, Mother Teresa in Calcutta, India, at her home there for the dying, her house for the dying. And uh, Mother Teresa approaches him uh, early on his first day there and says, what might I do for you? What could I possibly do for you? And Kavanaugh asked her to pray for him. And it, Mother Teresa says what most of us say when somebody says, pray for me, anything in particular, anything in particular you'd like me to pray for. And his response is, pray that I have clarity. Pray that I have clarity. And she says, nope, I'm not going to do that. I am not going to
going to do that? He leans back and he says, that what catches me by surprise? Um, why? And she says, clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. It's his Egypt. I'll get to that in a second. When Kavanaugh commented that she seemed ready, that she seemed always personally to have clarity, she says, she laughed. I've never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I will pray that you are able to trust in God. Here's the final thought I want to offer you before we go to communion. The Exodus story is important. It's very important because the children of Israel have to get Egypt out of their system. And they, they wander in this wilderness experience. And how, what happens while they're out there? They have to learn how to trust God. God gives them food, manna, gives them meat, quail, gives them water, even converts bitter water into um, clean water. Also provides for them direction by day and provides for them direction by night. And in this experience, they learn how to trust who God is. They're able in this time that they're there to start to get to a place where Egypt is out of their system. Kavanaugh asked for a prayer about clarity. Clarity is his Egypt. What's yours? What's yours? I, I don't know what yours is. If there's 175 of you here today, my guess is there's 350, maybe 1,750 Egypts that you're carrying around that is holding on to you and won't let you trust in God. Jesus' experience here in this wilderness, he goes out there, and what he is saying here in his three answers is consistently over and over and over again, pointed to by God's sacred scripture. My answer to you in this temptation that I have is to trust in God. That's the answer that he gives. That's the answer that I would give to you. I don't know what your Kavanaugh clarity answer is, but my guess is everybody here has an Egypt that is still inside of them. Use this Lenten period to be able to purge that Egypt from your system and learn how to trust in God. The word of God for the people of God. Let me invite you to return another day. I'm going to continue to do this podcast, and I'll refine it as um, I get time. Uh, right now, I'm just, like I said, getting my training wheels back. Thank you very much for being here with us today, and I look forward to you coming back. God bless. Bye-bye.